Welcome to our podcast, Adventures in the Herbarium, Preserving African Plants. I'm Mariela. And I'm Azul. We are interns working with the National Science Foundation, NSF, and the Thematic Collections Network, TCN, at the Field Museum of Natural History. The project we are working on is the digitization of African flowering plants and the public education about them. This is an ongoing project that will be finalized in September of 2024. In each podcast episode, we'll be exploring the importance of tropical African flowering plants in our museum's collection. In this episode, we'll be exploring how plants in the museum's collections are used for medicinal purposes, research, and conservation. The Field Museum is home to one of the most extensive botanical collections in the United States. We proudly house the fifth largest herbarium in the country, which contains approximately 3 million specimens. A herbarium is a specialized collection of preserved plants that are organized and cataloged for scientific reference. Exploring the herbarium's vast inventory can be quite intimidating. To make sense of it all, scientists and researchers thoughtfully split the herbarium into several parts based on various factors, such as plant families, genus, species, and its region of origin, creating distinct sections for monocots and dicots in the downstairs herbarium. Upstairs, the non-flowering herbarium section includes a wide array of plant groups, spanning from mosses, fungi, ferns, and other non-flowering species. Within these groups, the specimens are painstakingly organized alphabetically, following their relationship towards each other as defined by taxonomy. But there is one section that stands out from the rest, one that few museum guests are aware of. On the fourth floor, separated from the other rooms of the herbarium and different from the flowering plant section, lies the economic botany collection. This collection has its beginnings with artifacts from the World's Columbian Exposition, which took place in Chicago in 1893. The collection has been expanding since then and currently includes plant specimens that have been used for agricultural and medicinal purposes around the world. The botany cabinets are carefully arranged in rows of drawers mounted on wheels. These cabinets effortlessly glide back and forth, creating aisles when required and cleverly conserving space for scientists to access other areas as needed. During our exploration of the cabinets, we found incredible specimens from around the world. Our search led us to a sample of Terminalia glaucescens from Ghana, neatly stored in a clear plastic container. The bark of this specimen exhibited a slightly rough and fibrous surface, but underneath was a printed label sheet describing the plant's scientific name, locality, and medicinal use. The University of Illinois College of Pharmacy tested this plant, which they discovered in the museum's collection. As an antimicrobial agent, Terminalia glaucescens has been harnessed in the fight against malaria, a life-threatening disease transmitted by mosquitoes. The bark's medicinal potential extends to relieving stomach aches, providing relief to individuals troubled with digestive issues. Lastly, one of its most intriguing applications lies in its use in managing epilepsy, a neurological disorder characterized by recurrent seizures. The bark's anticonvulsant properties have been explored in traditional medicine, offering potential relief to those affected by this condition. Finding this specimen highlighted the ways that collections are used in research. Scientists can test plants for their chemical properties, but researchers can also search the archives for traditional knowledge about plants. Research plays an important role in expanding our understanding of the natural world. 
It helps us uncover hidden properties and potential applications of plants that can benefit society as a whole. Without dedicated researchers and institutions like the Field Museum, many of these discoveries might remain locked away within these cabinets hidden from the scientific world. To shed light on the significance of tested plants, we had the opportunity of speaking with Dr. Dol Soyarto. Dr. Soyarto has been at the forefront of botanical research, working closely with the herbarium's collection to uncover the potential of these plants. Dr. Suyarto's work at the University of Illinois College of Pharmacy focused on drug discovery, particularly in search of bioactive compounds that could potentially lead to the development of medicines for various diseases like AIDS, HIV, cancer, malaria, and tuberculosis. UIC has numerous labs dedicated to chemistry and pharmacology, but the herbarium plays a crucial role in identifying plants for their research. When identifying a plant, it's extremely important to get all the correct information. Using a voucher specimen from a herbarium can help because it allows for identification to make sure that all of your information is correct. After identifying a plant, it is sent to the lab where samples and extracts will be taken from the plant to be tested. The samples are tested to see if they have any specific chemical compounds that can be used for things like HIV, cancer, tuberculosis, and malaria research. So it's important that when a scientist is collecting plants, they collect a few samples to understand its full potential. You may think scientists have to venture into dense rainforests in order to find new plants for medical breakthroughs, but oftentimes we can find new scientific discoveries by looking into our past. Many modern medicines have their roots in traditional plant-based remedies. Scientists and researchers often look to these time-honored practices to gain insights into potential new drugs or therapies. Throughout history, humans have used plants as natural remedies, such as comfrey for back pain, spearmint for nausea, and ginger for digestion. To learn more about natural remedies and its place in research, we spoke virtually with Eli Sazakovich, an ethnobotanist who is a professor at Northwestern University. We asked him about the history of natural remedies and the importance of plant research. I teach a class here, and I actually start out with you know, some of the earliest like prescription books and prescription guides and the first emperor of China commissioned a botanical guide for the citizens of the empire so that they had knowledge of medicine. It is something that's really interesting that through time, like people really do record this information in whatever way they can and pass it down. And it's an old endeavor and probably something humans have been doing since humans existed. Uh, plant resources are still used. Uh, they're still grown. Uh, in some cases, chemicals are synthesized just because the amount you would need, you couldn't grow enough of the plants. So, I mean, aspirin, it's a good example. I think up until the 80s was still plant-based salicylic acid. I think today it's like synthesized from, you know, someone figured out how to do it from crude oil. But yeah, in a lot of places, you know, aspirin still made from like willow bark and, you know, the old ingredients. The willow tree's bark, once utilized for pain and fever relief in the past, is used today in aspirin medicine. And quinine, used to treat malaria, was originally sourced from the bark of a cinchona tree, more commonly known as fever tree. Medical knowledge like this has been passed down for generations. 
But what if those plants are in danger of extinction or have already been eradicated in the wild? Every day, species go extinct, and their information becomes unavailable to science. Following our conversation with Eli Sazakovich, we spoke with Kimberly Hansen, a collections manager for flowering plants at the Field Museum, and gained insights into the significance of preserving ecosystem biodiversity and the complexities involved in the conservation process. One of the biggest threats to plants and animals is habitat loss. As people expand, we lose habitats. That's one of the biggest challenges to conservation, is balancing what humans need versus protecting nature from humans. It's important to protect plants and wildlife since they go hand in hand and contribute to ecosystem services, which provide things like water, oxygen, and pollination to the whole world for free. Because we are able to get those amazing services that keep us all alive, it's important to make sure that plants and wildlife are able to be protected. Conservation is also a long process. We as humans like short-term solutions without realizing that we have to see things from a long-term perspective. For example, restoration projects take time, money, and effort. So many people might not have the patience for it, but they need to realize that in the long run, everyone will benefit from it. So conservation is kind of a complicated process because there's so much that goes into it. In plants, you know, we one of the main things that we do is we are keeping track of rare plant species. And one of those ways that we keep track of that is through herbarium records. So since we, we always are recording when and where plants are collected, we can see how populations and distributions of plants change. It is a heartbreaking reality that each lost species represents a unique story of life and evolution. But here, within the confines of cabinet halls, the herbarium's collection preserves these plants and their valuable data. Herbaria are all the world's rainforests in a box, even the ones that don't exist anymore. They hold evidence of past knowledge about plants and their use, even if that knowledge was rarely written down. Even so, it's important to put in effort to conserve plants in the wild. Our conversation with Dr. Norbert Cordero, a professor at Roosevelt University, research assistant at the Field Museum, and the current president of the Association for Tropical Biology and Conservation, brought insights that provide valuable perspectives on the complexities and challenges of working in this area, enhancing our understanding and approach to conservation efforts in the tropics. Understanding plant biodiversity is super important because if we know what species of plants are important for human use, if we know what species of plants can have medicinal value, and if we know what types of plants are important for ecosystem functioning, all of these things become super important from a global perspective in terms of conservation, right? And it's really getting the information out there so that others can emulate and have models to follow in terms of conservation strategies. So I think it's super important to, to come up with conservation strategies and to use the digital format if we can make it universal to do so. I think the greatest barrier is trying to make sure that access is available. So if I were to make a digital archive, is it possible to send it to institutions on a, on a DVD? where all the key institutions in Africa would get a free copy so that if their internet or their electricity wasn't present on a 
regular basis, at least they would have access, right? So that's how I would think about things. And I would like wealthier countries in the North to, to really think about their strategies. I mean, these are great ideas, but you're not really helping if you don't have alternative strategies to ensure that access is really universal. Herbaria are still an incredibly important resource for discovering new ways to heal each other and rediscover ways that we used to know. But it's important to remember that no matter how much we have collected, the work isn't over because of its inaccessibility and the conservation efforts still needing to be made today. We'd like to give a special thanks to the Botany team, Chrissy Christian, Matt Von Conrad, and Lucia Kawasaki. The Learning Center team, Chris Haslam, Carl Bittekoffer, and Carla Bruton. And our interviewees, Dol Suyarto, Eli Sazakovich, Norbert Cordero, and Kimberly Hansen. This podcast would not have been possible without your help. Thank you for listening to Adventures in the Herbarium, Preserving African Plants.